Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to another episode of Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today, as he is every week, is your co-host, Michael. He is currently devouring the last of his pre-episode apple. It looks like he's enjoying it immensely. This week, as we do every week, we will be debating a Top 10 list. Now, this week, Mike is bringing the list to the table. I don't know what the list is. But he will relay that list to me, we will vigorously debate it, and by episode's end, we will have arrived at a definitive top 10 list. So Michael, what will we be discussing today? Alright K-Dog, as you mentioned, I was just uh, finishing up a rather delicious apple. I think it was a Pink Lady, which is a great off-season apple, because it's a little bit of a sort of sharper, almost kind of sour, tart type taste. Which to me stays uh, in season a little more than like a nice sweet taste. Because sweet really has to be just ripe enough. But the sort of tartness, it's not as dependent upon the apple being perfectly ripe. Well, and if it's a little too tart, like that's fine. Because like, that's exactly. kind of what you signed up for. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. it. Uh, at any rate, we're doing a podcast, I think, this oh, evening. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to be talking about this evening... The greatest fictional athletes. Oh my god. Yes. So I want to note a couple things. So this is inclusive of all truly fictional athletes. So this cannot be a fictionalized representation of an actual athlete. Jim Morris, for example. Jimmy Morris from The Rookie. First of all, he's not that great of an athlete. Yeah. But he's also an actual person, so the Dennis Quaid portrayal would not qualify. So that's, like, probably the biggest rule to note, uh-huh. because um, Crash Davis from Bull Durham is it is at least, I think, I think he, I looked him up and he was actually based on somebody real, or at the very least, he's he's heavily influenced, so, like, he's not on the list. Yeah, okay. So that's, those are a couple things. The other thing is, and this is going to be very important, I am not... I am not factoring in the level at which this person plays because movies, books, TV, all this stuff, they show people playing sports at a lot of different levels, the youth level, high school, college, professional, Olympic level. If you're really great at the high school level in this book or movie or whatever, you're ranked exactly against a great professional athlete i'm there's i'm not scaling this based on your level of competition or i am i don't remember i don't know which way to say it yeah but i'm directly putting the top one percent of high school athletes against the top one percent of professional athletes right okay (laughs) so those are the rules i don't know if you have any questions are these athletes from all sports you know kyle uh we're gonna get into that okay it seems like a pretty easy yes or no but uh it's it's a yes okay um i do i do want to apologize right up front to the ladies in the crowd it's just weird how few great lady fictional athletes there are and please feel free to point out where i've dropped the ball because i bet i have yeah but there are fewer than you think i can only think of a I probably, when I think about it, I, I feel like I'm not going to be able to think of all that many. But that's part yeah. of, that's less, I, I would like to say that's hopefully less our fault and more the fault of society in general for 
focusing on men when they make uh, movies like this. Totally. I completely blame society and not us, but I still want to just note that I'm, I'm mindful of the underrepresentation on this list. Yeah. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, let's, let's do this. This is a good one. All right. So number 10 is an athlete who really was only great for a very short period of time. Flash in the pan, but man, oh man, that flash was bright and it was hot. Number 10 is Henry Rowan Gardner. Now, Kyle, do you remember a young man named Henry Rowan Gardner? Let's just say he was hanging with his buddies. He had a little accident. And suddenly, he had quite the right arm. Oh, he was yes. the star of Rookie of the Year. So the key stats that I have on Henry, based on his Wikipedia page, are <laughs> the first time that he displays his great throwing ability. He throws the ball. 435 feet on the fly. Yep. 435 <laughs> feet on a fly. And he also lights up the radar gun at well over 100 miles per hour at a time when pitchers probably, uh, uh, I, let's, so this is 1992 or something. What would you say the average major league fastball was? 92 at that time? I was going to say exactly 92. Cause you get, you get a couple guys that were flamethrowers, but. Like, it was much more, it's much more rare to be throwing at the yeah. 98, 99 level. Like, guys kind of do with some regular, regularity now. Yeah. That sounds about right. So, <laughs> compared to his peers at the time, he's like, like way, way, way better. I would be like if someone now was throwing like 108, 109. Yeah. And, and it's, it what's interesting about Henry in this category. So, like I said, I wanted to be fair to players of all levels. He's sort of an interesting case because he dominates major league competition as, I think, a 12-year-old. But he also, unseen because he doesn't do it, he is a 12-year-old who rightly should be competing against 12-year-olds in, like, senior league baseball or whatever 12-year-olds play in. And he would be literally unhittable at that level. Oh, it would not be... It wouldn't even be fun. So, without... with. The thing about that is he'd also be uncatchable. Like, no 12-year-old could that. Catch is a that. very good point. So they might all get on base via the drop third strike, but... That's an excellent point. It'd be, it, would see, it would just... It would not be any fun for anyone involved, especially Henry. Absolutely no fun. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he was excellent. Yeah. And even against Major League competition, I think he warrants a place on this list because... I don't believe there is a baseball player today who could throw a ball 435 feet on a fly. Do you? Well, isn't he also stationary when he does it? Cause he I th- think he is. Because he throws it from he the is. stands? Yeah. So he's yeah, like, you're right. So he's standing in his seat, and he throws the ball in the air to home plate? Yeah. So <laughs> even if... Um, I think there are some major leaguers who, with a crow hop, could throw the ball maybe that far or close to it that'd be a cannon there i there like like jeff francor maybe I'm yeah bo jackson bo jackson could maybe throw a ball in that ballpark of that distance it would like it's it's not outside of like conception yeah. that we're not talking about a 600 foot home run but, but it's still but from but to, but from standing in like the first row at Wrigley yeah. field throwing it home standing still 
yeah. impossible. <laughs> no, yeah. no human can do that. No, and even so, as a one-tool player, though, that tool is so extraordinary. It would be like if you could hit, like, 700-foot homers with some kind of... I guess the distance doesn't matter. But see, I see your point. For those of you who aren't familiar with Rookie of the Year, I, here's a weird thing. I've never actually seen it start to finish, and I don't think I've ever seen... Foolishness. The, I know. I've only ever seen it, like, in bits and... Usually it's, like, on at a bar I'm at, but... Mm-hmm. How does he, like, come into the, this ridiculous arm he has? If I'm remembering correctly, he breaks his arm or his shoulder, like, biking or something. I actually don't even care to look it up. I, the viewers can tell, or the listeners can tell us later. He he has an accident. I think he falls and breaks his elbow or arm or something. Mm-hmm. All right, fair yeah. enough. It's some sort of shenanigans. Yeah, okay, I like that. I actually just thought of another character who I'm going to mention in the honorables because I didn't rank him, but he's maybe like number one. Oh, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk later. <laughs> uh, all right, so number nine actually really needs no explanation. There's really only one thing you need to know about this athlete, and he's already earned his spot on this list. Number nine is Air Bud. I would wondered. I had I wrote I wrote Air Bud down almost right away. I wondered if you would. Uh... Yeah. So, so Kyle, why don't you tell the listeners why Airbud is on this list? Without even, I actually, I'd like you to do this. It might be a challenge without quoting a single statistic. Well, Airbud, if we're comparing him against his peers, <laughs> Airbud is a dog. So that's this not, is the bit. That's the key point. So even if Airbud were good at say, like really good at baseball, he would be mm-hmm. the greatest dog athlete of all time. All time. But, just to really cement his place, Airbud is great at almost every, like, all the sports. So That is true. <laughs> so he's like the Bo Jackson of canines. Did we mention Airbud yes. on our greatest fictional dogs list? Because if we didn't, that's a know. criminal we should have if. Yeah, we should have if we didn't. But, I mean, if we're comparing Airbud to other dogs, mm-hmm. he's without question the greatest athlete of all time. And so yeah. he belongs on a list of great fictional athletes, but you know, and yeah, the, and he, I mean, you're right. Like he's, but the thing is in some of those movies, he's competing against people at the, the top of their profession. I know that doesn't necessarily matter, but in uh, the soccer one, Airbud, he mm-hmm. plays for the women's national team. He scores a PK. He does. And it, actually, it's that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. It's the uh, it's like after not after credits, but it's like one of the last scenes of the movie. But it's a we it's a a, a treasured film in our home because uh, my aunt by marriage actually played on that women's national team. But wow, more exciting for our that's family incredible. is that she actually appears and has a line in Air Bud the film. Come on, that's I'm, not real. I'm serious. Like, th- we right, were- listeners, Kyle and I conspired before this episode to set up just this anecdote. It's a great anecdote. We were like, <laughs> my mom was like, "Yeah, your aunt has a gold medal," and we were like, "That's that's cool." And then we saw Air, <laughs> and then we saw Air Bud, and we're like, "Oh my fucking god, it's Air Bud!" She's in Air Bud. Like, we lost it. <laughs> it's like way cooler. But that's the t- see. That's the curse of being. An actual, like, successful professional with, you know, younger children in your life is you get no appreciation for the good work you do on a daily basis, but you do for being an air bud. 
Well, that's an accomplishment too, and it's an accomplishment that Air Bud was playing with the women's national team. Does th- this yeah. begs the question: Is Air Bud a female? I don't know. It's kind of curious. I always thought Airbud was a dude, but I don't know. I'm concerned from just making this list. I might be a misogynist. I don't know. I'm a little worried. Maybe I'm just assuming that Airbud's a dude. It's the name Bud is what did it for me. I agree. The only thing uh, that makes that gives me pause is that he is playing for the women's national team. This probably bears further research. I do want to just say something uh, <laughs> while you're kind of looking that up about animal cruelty and Hollywood. I'm I'm concerned that at the time that the original Airbud was made, CGI had not developed to the point where that basketball that is bonking off of his very sensitive <laughs> doggy nose constantly I, I don't think CGI technology had developed to the point where that is CGI. I think that's a basketball and I also don't think that the sound editing was good enough to edit the sound of a ball hitting his nose. So I don't think that's like a beach ball that they then oh. dub some sound over. I think his poor sniffer is hitting like a full weight oh. basketball that whole time. And I'm very worried about it. I don't think so. The movie magic, they can do anything. Yeah, I know. So I, it's inconclusive. I searched, is Airbud a boy? And like the first three things that came up were the kid from Airbud is a total dilf now. So wow, this one's <laughs> this one feels. We might like, need to look into that. We'll have to come back to this one on mistakes five. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll look into uh, the gender of this dog. Yeah, right. I will analyze frame by frame, looking for a penis. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. You know what? I'm actually putting a moratorium on googling. This is a still image only competition. Yeah. <laughs> you should produce a still image of Airbud's genitals. <laughs> I also know, I want to, one last thing about Airbud in movies like that, where time just sort of passes. I'm always curious how they deal with, like, the passage of time and eras. Like, in James Bond, James Bond exists, and they just change the technology as he goes. But that's such, like, a big globetrotting franchise that it's just sort of, we look the other way. But Airbud was made probably over the course of like 15 years as they did more and more direct-to-video sequels. Sure. And it's just weird to think that Airbud lived in a world with no cell phones and probably with like Blackberries and sidekicks. It's just, it's weird to me. It is kind of wild. I think I think there's a certain charm to those movies, though, if for some reason I were to go back and watch them for that. Yeah. All right. I'm taking us to number eight. Okay. Number eight is... Likely the greatest distance runner in the history of American cinema. Number eight is a man whose great feat of endurance was recreated by a real person. And this real person racked up 15,000 miles of running over the course of three years. Number eight is, of course, the legendary runner Forrest Gump. I would not have thought of, of Forrest Gump. What's interesting is that you've selected him for his running prowess. Yes, and it's worth noting he has other athletic pursuits. Was it Bama or Auburn he played football at? I never remember. I think it was Bama because he was playing for Bear Bryant, right? Uh, that sounds about right. Hold on. The magic of the internet. The magic of the internet. Go internet, The magic yeah. of the internet. You can tell just from the helmet. He's clearly playing for Bama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good trivia question but yeah the, yeah this feat of running is is 
quite remarkable and would put him in a, a pretty elite class of athlete if he were a real person. He also It's also yeah, yes, yes, you're about to hit on the thing that I just remembered. <laughs> is it that he's also a really good ping pong player and played yes. like in the Olympics for the yes. United States? Like I don't know if he I'd forgotten in, about that until just now. I don't know if he played in the Olympics, but he played at a very high level and got to meet the president. Yep. So he's a tremendous three sport athlete. Like it's mm-hmm. actually pretty wild. And, and there are three sports which require vastly different skill sets. Yeah, like you need to you don't necessarily need to have great hand eye coordination to run long distances or <laughs> return kicks for a football team. Yeah. But you mm-hmm. do have to have ridiculous reaction time and hand eye coordination to play table tennis at a high level. Yeah. It's extremely it's probably even more impressive in some ways than Bo Jackson playing baseball and football because the skill sets there are fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Could you make that case? Oh, 100%. And this is all without even getting into the fact that he overcame a childhood in leg braces. Like, this is a young man who overcame and became one of the preeminent athletes in three very, very... You know, the thing is also there there are fields where there's a lot of competition. Because I would argue he was playing college football at a time when college football was highly competitive... He was running at a time when running was very popular, mm. and he was playing table tennis at a time when table tennis was very popular. Like, he wasn't playing these out-of-favor sports that nobody was playing. No, he wasn't, like, the best high ally player in the United States. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. He's like the yeah. Blade Runner, but not a murderer, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Alleged. Alleged murderer. Yeah. Well, convicted. <laughs> he definitely went to jail. <laughs> yeah, he did. I did not shoot Riva! <laughs> That's nah. not funny. Nah, man, you did. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, and he shot through the door. Like, dude, you're going to pretend you didn't mean to. Like, you shot through the door without opening it, and you knew Riva was on the other side. Like, come on, man. It's a tough look. It's tough. Those barristers were having none of it. Mm. All right. So that was number eight. (laughs) What does that mean, Kyle? Uh, that means it's time for everyone's favorite segment. It's, it's time for the not top three, which means we need some not top three music. Kevin, could you oblige us? Thank you, Kevin. And, of course, thank you to Angelo, uh, our dear assistant, for cueing the music. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Your guys are yeah. a, a, a far more uh, productive tandem than we are, so thank you. Yeah. And you are the stankiest, both of you, especially you, Angelo. It's it's time for a bath. He's gross. Let's do yeah, not. So nasty. is this the worst, the worst <laughs> fictional athletes? Uh, this is, I don't know, I didn't know what to do. I got a random list here that I think I enjoyed putting together. I've just got three, but I I thoroughly enjoyed thinking about all three of them. Alright. Alright, so number three is Happy Gilmore. Ah. So, Happy Gilmore, on paper, is an excellent fictional athlete, but I fundamentally reject the basis on which he is such a great athlete and therefore discount all of his accomplishments. So this is a case where I simply don't believe that somebody who drives as well as he does, but putts and chips the way he does 
would ever achieve the level of success depicted on the show, depicted in the movie. So, I grant you that in the context of the film Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore is a remarkable golfer and might even warrant inclusion in the top on this list, but it's my list, and I've decided to put him on the not because I just don't believe he was that good. I think it's total bullshit, and I never found it believable. I, uh... I I think I understand your reasoning. I just does, I don't know if it it tracks given where we've placed Airbud on this list. Because like if you're not gonna believe that Happy Gilmore, I guess it's a little bit different because we're we're <laughs> we are told Airbud has a great three point shot and a wet jumper. Yeah, so it makes sense that he could compete in that league. Where whereas precisely, precisely, it's not like we're told. Airbud is really solid in the paint, but doesn't have an outside shot. And then yep. told Airbud can compete at a high level. Yeah, is that exactly yeah. that is precisely <laughs> it? Because all I'm going off of is the building blocks that I'm given. Like Henry Rowan Gartner throws a hundred. Well, a hundred gets you pretty far. Like you can figure out accuracy concerns if you throw a hundred. Airbud draining those stanky threes. Like you know, I can work with this. Happy Gilmore drives 400 yards. Fine. They told me he drives 400. I accept that he drives 400. But you can't play driving 400 and then chipping and putting the way he does unless all of your golf sequences are in montage form. So, yeah. Which? They are. So you're saying had they told you Happy Gilmore can drive like this and he has a good mid and short game. Then then, Then he's probably number one. Yeah. Because his driving ability is so freakishly unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So that's Happy Gilmore at number three. Uh, number two is actually an excellent athlete again. But this one, I think it's important that every team have chemistry. And this player was such a twat that you couldn't have had any chemistry with him. This is... You're not going to know the name, but you'll, you may know who I'm talking about. This is Charlie Dillon the anti-Semitic football player from the film School Ties as portrayed by Matt Damon. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's really good. I forget what position he plays. I think he's like a running back or something, and Brendan Fraser is the new Jewish quarterback who's like always like he's like wearing a talus and a yarmulke with like a Star of David chain the whole movie because Hollywood hadn't quite figured out subtlety in the 90s. But at the same time, New player, excellent player, could have saved this team's season, but Matt Damon ruins everything because he hates him for being Jewish? This feels like a movie that we should have seen in high school to explain anti-Semitism. I watched it in religion in like 10th grade. I, I knew it! Yeah. It, was very hel- it was very helpful. Yeah, you kinda, it kind of lays it all out for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that one a lot. That's very good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, number one, I don't know. This is, this is another one where I don't know if he should be on the top or the not top. Number one is Russ Tyler, who is the Keenan Thompson <laughs> hockey player from Mighty Ducks. Oh my now, I love Keenan. I have two major problems with Keenan's hockey style. One is even the stunt double they had skating in place of Keenan couldn't skate because they had to find a character, like a stunt double who matched his proportions. Right. And 
Kanan's other notable roles are, you know, are like Kanan and Cal, obviously. Heavyweights, where he's sort of like the king of the chubs at the fat camp. So it was hard for me to believe that Russ Tyler was was going to move all that well, and really the footage didn't support it. But my bigger problem, <laughs> my bigger problem, and this is my real problem, experience has taught me that players with a big slap shot almost never get their shot off, and guys who can shoot the puck 100, 105 miles an hour like Zidane Ochara, they're great at the skills competition, but they tee up for a slap shot and it gets blocked, it you know gets caught in traffic, or they miss because it's really hard to consistently get that shot off because the speed is very fast. Russ Tyler takes it a step further by taking the time to tip the puck up on its edge and then shout, shout, so all can hear, it's knuckle puck time. Every time he shouts, it's knuckle puck time, and then takes his knuckle puck shot. That, in total, takes longer than this explanation did. And I'm supposed to believe that he's getting this shot off. Yeah, but... Think about who he's, I mean, his, his level of competition, he's not playing NHL caliber players. They're a little slower to react on defense. Kyle, he's playing in the junior Goodwill games in the yeah. second movie, which is a, the world class of like 16 year old hockey players. And then as we discussed, if anybody wants to listen to it, I don't even remember which the pod was, but we were talking about dumb sports rules, like dumb matchups. It was the matchups. Oh one. yeah. That's what like most mismatched. He then goes to a high school where the varsity team is somehow better than the world champ team. So his level of competition is high. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, very problematic for me. Very tough, very tough. I have only a few, I have one. Yeah. Or actually, I guess maybe two. So the first is Ed from the movie Ed. This is the one where... Ah! This is the one where... uh. I think it's what's the guy from Friends' name? Joey, the one who plays Joey. Yeah, um, Joey is his name. So he's Joey. like a minor. Yeah, he's whatever. a minor league baseball player, and he's hot shit. Uh, he's not the athlete I'm talking about. Ed is his roommate and uh, teammate. Ed, who's a monkey, he's a chimpanzee. Yeah, and he's really he's actually not. If I remember correctly, he's not actually that great at baseball. He's just kind of a gimmick. And, mm-hmm. uh, he just like, his strike zone is so small that he always gets on base. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think he fields particularly well either. But. They, Which is too bad because he has opposed, like, he has feet that, as monkeys are historically been portrayed, like, you can use them like hands. Right. So, and I don't remember it well. It may be that he's the best monkey athlete of all time, but I think it's yeah. a fine place to put him. I also think that there are feasibly other monkeys that could do athletic things that we just haven't really tried. Like, monkeys are crazy fast and strong, and they have opposable thumbs. I imagine if we gave them a little bit of time, they could figure some athletic shit out. (laughs) You're probably right. Also, it's Matt LeBlanc. Matt LeBlanc, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next one, I don't know if he he might actually be on your actual list. I had uh, Charlie Sheen's character from Major League, Wild Thing. You know, I thought about Wild Thing, but I decided not to put him on. I just think that, he, like, he's wild. He's kind of like, yeah. uh, what was his name? Not, uh, 
that guy who closed for the Phillies for a long time. They might have actually even called him Wild Thing. But it's like, it's not really a great term of endearment. Like, it it yeah. implies that there's, like, some level of, of stress involved with him closing a game. So I think yeah. it'd be fair to kind of group him in with these folks, even though he eventually... He reminds me of Joe Kelly. It's the partially the glasses, but he's just, like, a hard-throwing guy who's unpredictable. Yeah, that's fair. It's like a fairly common late-relief type. Yep. See, uh, see Joel Zamaya, Ryan Joel Perry, a lot Billy of, uh, Koch. Fernando Rodney when he played for the Tiger. A lot of guys like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Joel Zamaya, holy shit. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Uh, alright, should we get back to number seven then? Yes. Uh, so number seven is an athlete for whom I have no stats. None. I have no stats to back this up. This is merely a feeling because I know very little about his background. I really don't know what he's actually accomplished as an athlete, and even if I did, I'm kind of unclear on how to judge the accomplishments of this athlete. Okay. So, all that out of the way, number seven, Mr. Miyagi. (laughs) I am led to believe in the Karate Kid films that Mr. Miyagi is one of the world's foremost experts on karate, and this is a sport that is practiced by many people around the globe. And so to be considered as one of its foremost practitioners is quite a feat. And importantly, he is a true leader in that he's able to impart this wisdom without even seeming to impart it. He is a guy who you'd want on any karate team. I don't know if there's such things as karate teams, but if there were, he's my number one draft pick. I mean, to be considered the best in the world at anything, you have to be pretty damn good at that thing, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> I, I think given given what the movie is telling us, it's fair to say that he's a, an exceptional athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually never seen The Karate Kid. I'm, I know. Isn't that wild to think about? Oh, my God. Well, movie weekend. We, this is, I'm going to put this. Actually, uh, keep talking. I'm putting this on the list right now. I have a little folder uh, of prospective movies because this is uh, this is an all-time classic. And Mr. Miyagi is an exceptional practitioner of Gojuru Karate. <laughs> It's a series of chokes and holds, right? Oh, wait, no. It is a series of chokes and holds. Oh. Wow. All right. Well, that's a huge loss for you, but it's also a great opportunity because we you will get to watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. It's it's a, it's one of the everyone has like a few movies on their list uh, that like you're embarrassed that you never got to see. And this is just an all time mm-hmm. classic that I never got to see. Absolutely. All right. So Mr. Miyagi is number seven. Okay. Number six is one of the great athletes of our time. Uh, he hung up his boots, his gloves, his cloak just a couple years ago after finally winning the World Cup as he long dreamt. He won the 2014 World Cup with a fairly heroic snitch grab. He also heroically and valiantly and sacrificially grabbed the snitch at the 1994 World Cup, though he knew it would lead to his team's defeat because he wanted to preserve the honor of his beloved Bulgaria. Kyle, who's number six? It's Vic the Dick Crumb. 
Yeah. And you're damn right a, it is. This is an excellent pick. So not only is Victor Crumb playing at the highest level of international Quidditch, mm-hmm. he's doing it at an extremely young age, which I think we could probably assume is true. Importantly. It's probably true for most seekers. It feels like an, a position that's typically filled by a young player. But it's also a very instinctual position. It's one of those ones that you can you can see how you wouldn't need like to take a you know fifth year red shirt to get ready. Yeah, but he's still in school, which is kind of yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, like imagine if Harry played for the national British team, like while still at Hogwarts, that would be utterly ridiculous. And yet, that's what Victor Crumb is doing. Like he has not graduated yeah. from Durmstrang yet, which is. Kind of insane. That's pretty bananas. Yeah, especially because remember all the fuss that was kicked up about Harry being on the Gryffindor team at such a young age. And meanwhile, fast forward just five or six years, and in that scenario, he's playing professional Quidditch. Right. So so he's a prodigy, and he's yep. the inventor of his own move, the Ronsky feint, right? Like, isn't that yeah. his move? Or no? He's perfecting I think it's... Yeah, he's the perfecter of it, but like... To a degree that is wild. He's so utterly skillful that it's just, it bedazzles all who see him. So he's, he's a truly remarkable Quidditch player, but I don't want it to go by that he's also one of the three, then four contestants in the Triwizard Tournament, which is, it's a little bit more of an overall wizarding test, but that is a pretty athletic competition in its own way. Yeah, no, you need to be fairly athletic to participate. Like, as though he needed that feather in his cap, but he does have it. He's extremely uh, decorated and uh, accomplished for a man of his age. You know what I would actually compare this to? This scenario is almost exactly like mentioning that Ted Williams was a great um, big, like, uh, sport fisherman and gunner. Mm. Like... It, you don't need to note that he was a decorated gunner in the war or that he was a huge fisherman, but he was. And that just adds to the mystique. Wow. That's a really good way to put it, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I also, w- I think, yeah, I think Ted Williams was a pilot. Sorry. I just don't want to be wrong on that. Either way, it, it works. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that's a perfect pick. I don't think I would have acknowledged, I would have thought of Victor Crumb, but yeah. it's worth pointing out that are questioning what the point is in being an international Quidditch star if all of the good women are taken. That's something it's to ponder. Excellent question. It's one that I've pondered often as I was hanging with my cats in, in my place. Yeah. It's just something yep. to think about. Just something to think about. All right. That brings us to a, a truly generational athlete here. This is a character, uh, an athlete, about whose accomplishments I know little. However, I am aware of the regard in which he is held by other athletes. I I know of his mystique. I know the way people hush when he enters a room. Number five is that innovator, the inventor of the five Ds of dodgeball, <laughs> Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> <laughs> what a great pick he's he is <laughs> the one who brought us such sage wisdom as if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball 
And yep. You don't. My mom says that a lot. Does your mom throw wrenches at you often? Yeah. So if you can dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. You don't just come across wisdom like that. You have to learn it through experience. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think it's fair to say that at some point, patches could definitely dodge a wrench and traffic and probably That's a ball. Really great point. So it's like, an excellent point. I think it's fair to assume that he has all of those skills under his belt. He's able to yeah. to turn a team of misfits and idiots into a pretty lethal dodgeball team through mm-hmm. his five Ds. Yep. Was it dodge, dip, duck, dive, and dodge? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> those those are the five Ds. And I think what's important about a great <laughs> athlete is that they have a mystique about them. And if you recall the great Moises Alou, one thing he was well known for was pissing on his own hands <laughs> to toughen them up to make it easier to throw and catch and hit. And similarly, Patches O'Houlihan, you know, he doesn't have to drink his own it's urine. It's not necessary. It's not necessary, in fact. But it is sterile, and he likes to taste. So that's the kind of myth-making that springs up around an athlete like this. Also, it makes you wonder... His career was tragically cut short. Like, if it weren't for the yeah. luck of the Irish, his career might have continued on yes. for some time. Yeah, Adding he could have been his... a fit like a Phil Jackson type. Like, good playing career, great coaching career. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, even without, even without that extended part of his career, we never got to see this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, but it makes you wonder. You know, like what if. What if Joe DiMaggio had had the Warriors? You know what I mean? Yes. That kind exactly. of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A great pick at number five. Thank you. All right. So number four is one of those athletes who has managed to dominate two different sports. And I want to note, when I tell you the two different sports, you might say, come on, those are pretty similar sports. However... <laughs> It is worth noting that very few athletes have had crossover success from one of these particular sports to the other because they require very different skill sets, much as the layman might think otherwise. This character, this great athlete, hails from the old world, from France, and he not only conquered the world of Formula One, he also came to the United States and conquered NASCAR. Number four is Jean Girard. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For those of you somehow, unfor- if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Jean Girard is. Yeah. Jean Girard is the French uh, Formula One racer who comes over uh, in, uh, Talladega Nights, a ballad of Ricky Bobby, and mm-hmm. challenges Ricky's crown in, uh, in NASCAR. And he is one of the best villains. I don't know how he didn't make our list of dick, uh, of our dick villains list, cause he is kind of a dick. He's ultimately more sympathetic than you, in- you expect, because he does just want to train his German shepherds to, I, he only trains gay German shepherds, I think. Yeah, and he likes to, uh, train horses who are also gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he he's an incredible villain. And an incredible race car driver. He does that whole yeah. bit where he like drives backwards through the finish line. And yep. he like 
he basically like forces Ricky's demise by basically being so good that he forces Ricky into making a dangerous maneuver that causes him to crash. And mm-hmm. in Ricky's absence, he pretty much dominates NASCAR, right? Like, yeah, every, every race, every title falls to him. He is so skilled that he can race while drinking a macchiato. Kyle, I'm very glad you brought that up because I think that is perhaps his greatest accomplishment. I think it would be a monumental feat simply to finish a NASCAR race while drinking a macchiato to place in a NASCAR race while drinking a macchiato, but to actually have a chance to win a race in the NASCAR while drinking a macchiato is truly something special that we probably won't see again. I don't think that's one of those records that just will not be broken. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a testament to Ricky's great skill that he uh, does, in fact, get him to spill his macchiato. Yes. Uh. <laughs> you spilled my macchiato, mm-hmm. bitch. <laughs> yeah. That was tough. (laughs) Another great pick from you. This is not where I thought this list was going to go, but I'm extremely pleased with it. Me too. Me too. Um, All right. So that takes us to some honorable mentions. I'm going to hit you with a couple that are pretty good. Then I'll I'll finish with the one who I actually think might need to be like on this list. Okay. Uh, All right. So Andrea Carson, who is from the classic Disney Channel original movie, Motocrossed. She has never competed in an actual motocross race, Mm. pretends to be her brother, wins, and then joins the professional circuit. That was quite an accomplishment, in my opinion. That's pretty good. Yep. Uh, Then Rocky Balboa, who, while he's a bit of a lunk and often loses his fights, does bring the greatest boxer in the world to the final round and then beats him in a rematch all that's kind of fine, whatever. That's like typical boxer stuff. That's the kind of thing that a good boxer does. He he actually goes to a split decision versus Mason the Line Dixon when he is whatever age he is in the first Rocky movie plus 30. That's I don't know what age he's supposed to be in the first one, but I think it's like 35. So he's basically 65. That's enough to get somebody on this list. Is it? Is it... Fair to assume, then, that we're not going to talk about other people from this universe at the top of the list? I, You know, I thought about it. I decided not to, but I would be open to other people from this universe being near the top of this list. Okay. Well, then maybe we'll we'll bring it back up. I think there's another boxer that you could actually argue is a better boxer than Rocky that, like, isn't yeah. the lunk. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's let's talk about that in a minute. All right. Uh, next is Clyde Sweetfeet Livingston. Oh, I had him on my list too. <laughs> yeah. So Sweetfeet once hit four triples in a game. That's insane. I am willing to bet that that has never happened and will never again happen. Uh, four triples in a game is really something. But I tell you what, uh, his feet yeah. really do stink. They do stink, but luckily because of those onions, they don't anymore. Splooge in my shoes, please. <laughs> Sploosh, not splooge. <laughs> Sploosh in my shoes. It's like I say, geez. Sploosh in my shoes. Ha- happens every once in a while, but God. Ugh. Um, all right. Next is Scott White. Not a, not a fictional character. He's an actor who portrayed both Gunnar Stahl 
and Scooter the goalie in the Mighty Ducks. I actually think Gunnar Stahl might be the greatest hockey player who's ever lived. Um, Unfortunately, (laughs) his triple deke became a little bit predictable. Um, I hope that he came up with the quadruple deke later on, but but for a time, the triple deke was all he had. That's too bad. Yep. Uh, This character I included, even though he breaks the rule, just because I wanted to note this, Sunshine from Remember the Titans. That's a real person. Ronnie Bass was a real person, but um Ronnie Bass, he was a four-year letterman at the University of South Carolina and once ran as a quarterback for 211 yards against North Carolina. What the hell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like hell of an athlete. So I just kind of wanted to note that one. Uh Next is Bobby Boucher, the water boy. Oh. He was a 31-year-old freshman in college, absolutely destroyed the co- the collegiate ranks, and it's left in a cliffhanger, but I think he went on to a professional career, and as far as I can tell, there was nothing stopping him. So, hell of an athlete, kind of guy you want, you know, anchoring the middle of your linebacking core. Definitely. Uh, I got two more. One is from a book by Matt Christopher. Did you read Matt Christopher books as a kid? No. It was like sports sports books. Um, Matt Christopher is actually a lady, but she changed her name to Matt Christopher so she would do better in the young boys athletic books market. Ah. Sage movie. I always thought that was cool as a kid, though. I was like the one kid who knew it, and I used to tell the other kids, like, hey, did you know she was a girl? It's awesome. And they're like, I'm not reading that book anymore. It's by a girl. One of her books is called The Kid Who Only Hit Homers. I mean, he only hit homers. Like, that's... What else do you have to say? Yeah, that's tough. That's tough pace to keep up. All right. Uh, the one character who I think might actually warrant consideration on here is one Dashiell Parr. Mm. Uh, he holds back quite a bit in competition at the insistence of his parents. But, uh, holy shite. He is an excellent track and field athlete and football player. And actually, now that I think about it, so is Clark Kent in the original Superman from back in the 70s. He plays a little bit of high school football and really sticks out like a sore thumb. I, uh, I, if we agreed to put him on the list, I, the thing is though, that like, he'll probably finish third in like every race he ever runs. So it's hard to say that yeah. he's the greatest. Like, good point. Like, is like, Effort counts. I think he has the potential to be the greatest athlete of all time, obviously. But, like, Mm -hmm. you could say the same thing about Mr. Like, Mr. Incredible would be the greatest running back that ever lived. But, but it has to, but it has to be that this person has played sports on screen, on the page, or whatever. Just FYI. But I think that given that rule, the fact that he's not trying to win kind Mm -hmm. of removes him from the running. I think okay, probably... I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know what? That's that's good, because that, he didn't come up with my original. I just thought of him as we were going, so I'm yeah. glad he's not on the list. Yeah. Why don't we save your honorables for yeah. at the end? Agreed. All right. Number three is one of the great combat athletes of all time, uh, of which there have been many. Combat has been a sport since really the dawn of time, mm. and few have perfected the art of fighting with a sword, quite the way my boy Maximus has. Oh. Now, as as our dear friend of the pod, father of the pod, in fact, and sometimes co-host Jerry will tell you, Maximus is a slave. Or, excuse me, I've already screwed it up because he always screws it up. 
He's a soldier who became a slave. A slave who became a gladiator. A gladiator who defied an emperor. And in his greatest athletic feat, and in one of the greatest athletic feats of all time, he was fatally stabbed. Fatally stabbed. A wound that would kill him within about 10 minutes. Just before fighting a man who has already been shown to be an exceptional wielder of a sword. The emperor is a young man who has been trained by the finest warriors in the entire empire. He is an athlete in his own right. He is in the bloom of youth, the prime of his life, and he has just stabbed Maximus in such a way as to kill him very shortly, and Maximus still conquers him and kills him. And this is after dominating, you know, the backwater circuits of the gladiatorial contest for months. It's a, it's a, it's an upset to, de- to, you know, define upsets. It's a pretty wild, mm-hmm. uh, overcoming. He does what he kills Commodus. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. If you have somehow not yeah. seen Gladiator. Yeah. Go see Gladiator. Yeah. But I think what you laid out is important because while not anybody could have a great day and beat Commodus in a, in single combat, the fact that he so utterly dominates competition and kind of forces himself into this position, I think speaks volumes about the type of athlete that he is because yeah, without, you know, you can have a great game. You know, there are mm-hmm. a lot of guys that have thrown perfect games in baseball that aren't, weren't great pitchers. Yep. Galarraga. Hey, he did not throw a perfect game, <laughs> but like you can have a great single day performance, but the fact that he yeah. got that performance by basically blasting his way out of the minor leagues with his performance is a, is a testament to his athletic ability. And ruthlessly, like, utterly dispatching and disrespecting all comers. Like, oh yeah. Making it clear that he spits on them and their (laughs) level of ability. And then when finally, no, no, and they were not entertained. And then finally (laughs) faced with a worthy opponent takes him down. I like that pick a lot. It's again, another one I would not have, cause I wouldn't consider gladiatoring like a sport i don't think if i were to just sit down and make this list but i think it's fair yeah it was it was a big sport of the time and he's the kind of guy who has both skill and heart he's like a luke keekly wow yeah that's a really nice thing to say about luke keekly yeah you're damn right it is all right number two on this list is actually not a character Number two is an actor who has portrayed two of the great athletes of our time. I'm going to tell you the actor's name because you're not going to know who he is because his name is one you've probably never heard. It is Mike Vitar. And Mike Vitar is the actor who portrayed both Benny the Jet Rodriguez and Luis Mendoza from The Mighty Ducks. He is such a remarkable athlete that not only did he steal home, a straight steal of home as a member of the, I think, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. Well, yeah, as a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers, he went from blue line to blue line in 1.9 seconds. He is the fastest hockey player in the world and a professional baseball player 
who can straight have a straight steal of home. Clearly, Mike Vitar must have been freakishly fast for these movies to keep casting him as the crazy fast guy. <laughs> what an absolute gem he was. I'm glad you mentioned Benny the Jet. He was on my list as well. <laughs> I think you're cheating. I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating because anybody who has seen... Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What percentage of people who have seen Sandlot have seen Mighty Ducks? 80%? Vice versa. Oh. No, no, both. Just in either direction. Like, if if you've seen Sandlot, what is the percent chance you've seen Mighty Ducks? If you've seen Mighty Ducks, what is the percent chance you've seen Sandlot? And I estimate that percentage at, like... 80% from Sandlot to Mighty Ducks and nearly 100% from Mighty Ducks to Sandlot. Oh, yeah. The point is, no matter how exactly you measure this, it would be very surprising for you to have seen and invested in one of these films and not the other. So you're living in the extended cinematic universe where both of these characters exist it would be very hard for you to overlook the fact that it's the same actor portraying two of the great athletes of your lifetime. I, I hear you. I do. I just, <laughs> I want to, I want to be able to stretch myself into it. I just, I don't know if I see it. It's, and we're talking about fictional characters here. And, uh, I just, Mike Vitar is a, a person who, while probably very fast in order to get cast in these films, and to allegedly assault some guy yeah. who has was really hurt. I think if you wanted to like <laughs> pretend that Benny the Jet and Luis Mendoza were the same person and existed in the same universe, we could talk. Since I don't think that's the case, I have a little bit of trouble with it. But I, but the thing is, I think either Luis Mendoza or Benny the Jet warrants consideration even by themselves. So if you if you aren't cool with my gambit, then it's Benny the Jet and he's number like ten. He is a professional athlete, like, and a very good one yeah. who steals home. Yeah. But I think, I, I think we would need to do a little bit of adjusting here in order for me to feel comfortable with, with Mike Vitar on the list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll think about but it. But I appreciate what you've done here. Okay. All right. Number one is a character whose career statistics I, I didn't actually take the trouble to find. I considered Googling what is, what is the career average of character X? Because I need to know on average the the computer users who have used this character on their team. What in aggregate is their batting average with this player? I have determined through my own algorithm that at home players batting with Pablo Sanchez have an 800 career batting average with an OPS well north of 2,000. <laughs> rebuttal. I have no rebuttal. I have him on my list. I was worried that you were going to exclude him. I think he belongs at or near the top of this list. Pablo Sanchez is, uh, as we discussed with Airbud, a mm-hmm. tremendous multi-sport athlete. Tremendous. Despite the fact that his measurables are wanting... To yes. say the least. He's like two foot six. <laughs> and like ninety pounds. He does not speak a word. All in English. his stomach. Nope. All in the There's a reason they call him the secret weapon. He has a beer gut. 
Yeah. And yet, you're right. Like you're unlike it's unlikely you're going to make an out with him. Just one in five times you might you might just get lucky, but if you are getting yeah. a hit, it's probably for extra bases. He's fast mm-hmm. in football, he's a great uh, running back and basketball, he somehow has a great shot. Confusingly, yes. He's extremely fast in uh, backyard hockey. Um, he's the best player in the game, regardless of which sport you're playing. And I think mm-hmm. it's fair to assume that his talent uh, extrapolated out would make him a pretty remarkable career athlete. But even without that, like the level at which he plays above his competition and in backyards across wherever the hell they live, mm-hmm. uh, I think is it, it warrants him a place high on this list. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about the young man that hasn't been said already. Yeah. Uh, a, a year or two ago, there was like an anniversary of backyard baseball and somebody on the ringer posted a really like the kind of thing about Pablo Sanchez. And it was great. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I read that, like in the car on the way to your bachelor party is my recollection. And I remember just thoroughly enjoying that article. It's worth going back for. Yeah, it's actually a really great. The the folks at Humongous Entertainment were uh were worth reading about. Absolutely. Alright. I'm gonna run through my honorable mentions. It's going to be rapid yep. fire because it is a lengthy list. Okay. Uh we kind of alluded to Apollo Creed earlier when we talked about Rocky. Yep. He's like kind of supposed to be Muhammad Ali, I think, right? And yep, he is. Who was the greatest? And so mm-hmm. maybe it's a technicality because he's based off a real person. That was actually, I actually think ultimately that was what I was kind of struggling with was like, he is Muhammad Ali, but I, I mean, he's not. He's not. So it, I, I'm, I think he probably should be on the list. Let's, let's think about it seriously. Yep. And then Adonis Creed, Donnie from Creed. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. is it Lil Romeo or Lil Bow Wow that's in Like Mike? So I was unsure how exactly to treat this situation because my feeling is that unlike Henry Rowan Gardner, mm. I don't believe that he will regain these powers. Yeah. That's my issue. My sense from Rookie of the Year, the way it ends, is that though he loses his powers, my feeling is he'll get them back. I didn't leave like Mike feeling that way. And and it's a little bow wow, FYI. Okay. Uh, That's fair then. But I'm not sure how to deal with that because it is very, the Calvin, whatever his name is, situation is similar to the Henry situation. Yeah. Shooter McGavin? I think where... Uh, Happy is kind of a doesn't make sense that he's great. We understand that Shooter McGavin is a firmly established PGA player. I decided he was he was an excellent golfer, but not an all timer. Hmm. Was kind of where I settled. Like my context clues lead me to believe he's like a better than a Bubba Watson, like, like, a like maybe a like a Phil Mickelson, like really really good and probably on somebody's all-time list but like he's not sam sneed yeah you know i don't know i he you could talk me into it if you wanted to but i thought about him and that's kind of where i landed okay i have c dotty hinson who is from a league of their own i was i wanted somebody from a league of their own but i don't know the movie well enough to pick so if that's the move then i think she should be on it she's gina davis's character it's like implied that she's like the best of all of them yeah 
Mm-hmm. I don't also, know the problem is on... that's a re- that's like semi based on real stuff. Yeah, I think there's, that's a technicality, but I don't know where we. Like I'm I'm actually pretty cool with adding with adding her because I gave serious consideration, but ultimately decided I didn't know the movie well enough to make a judgment. Okay. Um, I've got Bonesaw McGraw from Spider Man. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great pick. You know where you're going, my friend. You're going nowhere. You're uh, going nowhere. He's got you for three minutes. So yep, yep. He, I, it, really though, he's he's kind of like a low level enforcer type cage fighter in like some seedy back alley uh, ring. He's probably not a great wrestler, but his place in our friend groups, uh, in our friend group. We're, Bears mentioning. Yeah. Same problem here with Lil Bow Wow. The Monstars, their flame burned bright for a minute, but at the end of the day, they stole the talent of some real NBA players. Another film I gave great consideration to, but really couldn't settle on on who their representative would be. Yeah, I think an honorable mention list is where they belong. Mm -hmm. Kevin Ward, this is a deep one. Kevin Ward from Mr. Deeds, he's the guy that uh, plays for the Jets. And isn't going to play another down because he wants more money. And uh, <laughs> Longfellow Deeds has to tell him uh, basically to shove it. And <laughs> he has to call him back and apologize for his language. But it's implied that he's a very good... He's, Kevin had the most touchdown passes in league history last year. He says something like that. So mm-hmm. it's implied he's a great quarterback. <laughs> Chaz Michael Michaels and Jimmy McElroy. You know, I... I didn't know whether to go there. I think that they actually could be on this list because they they pull off the Iron Lotus. The Iron Lotus, I think, is the big thing mm-hmm. uh, that, for me, warrants them serious consideration. Can I hit one that I don't think should be on the list that's kind of adjacent to Kevin Ward? Uh, Rod Tidwell from Jerry Maguire. Uh, there's a temptation uh, to put him on this list because he's one of my all-time favorite movie characters, but it's in, but it's it's pretty clearly set described that he's an excellent possession receiver, but he's worthy of, I think he gets like four years, 16 million and sure it's the nineties, blah, 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 blah. He's a really good player, but he's like the 12th best receiver in the league. He's not Jerry Rice. No, I had Gus from the bench warmers. He's Rob Schneider's character. Who's really fucking good. He is. It's true. I had this is a deep, deep cut. This is uh the great Leslie from uh the Sant family classic, uh The Great Race. He is a world renowned athlete. He's um an accomplished escape artist, climber, runner, gymnast, um, fencer, mm-hmm. like world class fencer. If he weren't so obscure, I think he'd actually be high on this list. He's understood to be one of the greatest uh athletes in that universe, portrayed by uh Tony Curtis. And the last one I have, who I think really does belong uh, very high on the list, is Roy Hobbs of The Natural. So, yeah, that's, yep, you're definitely right. That was an oversight. Mm-hmm. He is uh, understood to be in that universe, like, an inner inner circle Hall of Fame baseball player. Yeah. Who, in the movie, is considered to be so good that just by deciding to, he can decide to hit a home run instead of striking out at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not how it happens in the book. But it's implied that he's one of the greatest ever to play the game. So I think he deserves... Like, he might even be... In my book, he's probably even, like, number one. But... Yeah, he actually should be very high on this list. Um, we gotta get Boogie in. So I think Roy Hobbs... 
and Dottie Henson should definitely be on the list. Mm-hmm. I you make the final call on Apollo Creed and Chaz Michael Michaels and Jimmy. I think Chaz Michael Michaels and Jimmy are are strong elevens probably. Okay, um, that's fine. I think Apollo should make it. Okay, just because Carl Weathers at the time was such a specimen. Yeah. Oh God, to look at that man is just. Poof. Um. All right, so I think we can take Mr. Miyagi off the list simply because I have no proof as to how good he actually is, and there could be a lot of other people who are better than him. He's got to have the titles. We don't know about him. Yeah, I would say probably Henry simply because we have abused Calvin, a.k.a. Lil Bow Wow, and I have a hard time doing the mental gymnastics necessary to, to leave him on this list. That's fair. Ooh, it gets tough after that. I don't think, but we only need two spots. Or no, three. No, we need three. Oh, ooh, ooh, ah, we gotta leave Benny the Jet. Oh, if only because of his, his Sandlot accomplishments. Like, at that yeah. time, he was so dominant. <sighs> this is painful. I think, I think it's Airbud, isn't it? I was kind of thinking the same. I, we can't. Airbud is, no, playing you're so right. far above other dogs that it's it's insane. I think it actually probably had. It can't be Forrest Gump. It, I really don't think it can be Victor Crumb. I think we maybe just leave Dottie off the list. This is painful, but I think we have to leave her. I I can't pick another person she's, to come off this list. And she's not like so above her competition in that movie that it, yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's fair. And she's a yeah. one sport athlete. A lot of these people are two sport athletes, are world champions, and it's not to take away from her accomplishments, but it is like yeah. a six team league uh that they win. So I think that's fine. Let's yep. get to business. Do you think Roy right. Hobbs belongs at number one or should we leave Pablo? I think Roy Hobbs is number two. I'm I'm fine with that. And I think that Apollo Creed can slot right in where Mr. Miyagi is. So I would feel good with Pablo Sanchez, Roy Hobbs, Maximus, Jean Girard, Patches O'Houlihan, <laughs> Victor Crumb, Apollo Creed, Forrest Gump, Airbud, and then the combo, well, I guess just Benny and the, Benny the Jet. Uh, yeah, I really like that. I think that's how this lands. With strong, strong, strong honorable mention for C. Dottie Henson and Chaz Michael Michaels and Jimmy McElroy. Yeah, hugely strong. Um, since I just said that all, I'm not going to do the recap that we typically do. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but I feel that we've, we've possibly just created a list. I think that's exactly what we've done. Uh, I hope people have enjoyed this one. I know I have immensely... Before people go, I'd just like to mention that our stanky, 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 not top three, and theme music were crafted by the incomparable Kevin McLeod, and that our artwork was put together by Erin Sant. Don't forget, there's a lot of stuff of hers at Sant Design on Instagram. You're damn right there is, and our wonderful social media work has been done by the also incomparable, because it's such a great adjective, uh, Caroline Labranti. Her stuff is out there on the internet. I have no links for you. Google her name. You'll find some sturf. Mm-hmm. You can check out her work for this podcast on our Instagram, Top10KM. Our Twitter, eh, Top10KM. You can check us out on Facebook, 
All those things, 10 is spelled out T-E-N, or you can send us an email, top10km at gmail.com. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. Pitch us an idea for us to do, or tell us when you want to come on the show. We'd love to have you. Hope you're enjoying this on whatever podcast app you're using, but if you need another one, there's the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. And that's about all I got to say, amigo. I think that's all there is to say. Thanks, boss. Yeah. Thanks, boss. Later. Peace.